0: The Oceans of Podcasts, we are Cthulhu, and as Cthulhu compels you to
1: do, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter and tell us what Cthulhu compels you to do.
0: Yeah, you know what? We've been doing this tagline for quite a while, and usually we tell people to open the mind. And read more. Yeah, exactly. But now we want to hear what Cthulhu compels you to
1: do. So this is your chance to be a part of the show. You can do this by reaching out to us on Twitter or Facebook.
2: Holy interviews, Batman. Hi, this is Burt Ward, Robin from the TV series Batman. I was just on Spoiler Verse with Spoiler Country, Wowie Zowie citizens.
3: Human beings of the world. It's time to enter the Spoilerverse through our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club
0: in beautiful downtown Seattle with John and Kendrick. Welcome
1: to Spoiler Country.
0: Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on sepod.net. But, if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit
1: subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us, leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or, you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com.
0: Citizens of the Republic of Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That is Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, this is a truly, truly ultimate special episode for all you Batman fanatics out there, because today, of all days, here on Spore of the Country, we got the boy wonder himself, Burt Ward.
1: Yeah, this was was kind of a dream, because I read his book when it came out, the boy wonder book that he put out back in the 90s. Back, well, sorry, not when it came out. I, I got it like in two thousand, early two thousands, right? Yeah. And I read it. I I loved it. It was it's it kind of what shaped like the, my my idea about you know everything all him and the show. And yeah. like I, I used to, the show was on uh, reruns when I was a kid in the nineties, and was, every day it was on. I watched it all the time. Uh, my dad was a big fan of the show, so like when we when we got the notification that we were talking with Burt Ward, I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, usually we try to have a lot of people on our whole team. If you've been listening to us for a while, we have Jeff, who does a lot of interviews with us now, and he procures all these. So thank you, Jeff, for getting out there and getting us Burt Ward. And you hear Casey on. But today, we really wanted to not have a lot of crosstalk because it's not every day you get to talk to Burt Ward.
1: No, and the man came ready to talk. And there was so much... So much good information that we, he, yeah. we talked about with, with the dog rescue and with his company and his, you know, the, well, I don't want to say company, his charity, cause they don't take money out of it and yep. all the amazing stories on Batman and everything else. It was just, it was a delight and a pleasure to talk with him.
0: And I like to think that when you listen to this interview, you're going to hear some things that you probably haven't heard before. Yeah. Uh, we we dug deep. You're going to hear about his friendship with Bruce Lee. You're yep. going to hear about his time with Frank Zappa. You're going to hear his time with Conan O'Brien. Uh, it just, the list just goes on and on and man, it was such a pleasure talking with him.
1: Yep. And as, before we get into this, just as, as he says in the interview a couple of times and we say, you definitely want to go check out his, um the, his digital giant dog food website and go there and, and just look at all of that. If nothing else, go there to watch the video of them in bed with the dogs.
0: <laughs> yeah. com. Yep. It's, yeah, it's, it's a great product and, and we're not being endorsed by this in any sense of the word. So we really believe it, that it's going to be a great product for your dogs
1: and, and you should probably check it out because I know I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you say to the uh, this and listen to Bert his own words?
0: Guys, welcome back. Today, we have Dog Rescuer, International Karate and Kickboxing Hall of Famer, and the answer to the internal question, who is Robin to Batman? Burt Ward, thank you so much for visiting.
2: Hello, citizen.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I wish we had Sammy Davis Jr. pop up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Burt, currently, you are working and have been for quite a long time, I think since like 94 with the Gentle Giant Rescue and Adoption, and I believe you're at 15,000 dogs and counting that you guys have rescued. How's that going?
2: Well, tremendous. Um, Actually, uh, that is exactly correct. 25 and a half years, 15,500 dogs rescued. Every one would have been put to death if we hadn't been there to save them. But what evolved from this is not only did we find all of those dogs a safe, loving home, but in the course of saving them and caring for them, and, and actually, they've all lived in our house with us. My <laughs> wife and I have at, at all times a minimum of 50 wow. giant dogs oh, in our house. Oh, crap. Yes. We have a special permit in our city to be able to do that. And um, so it's uh, and on our website at GeneralGiantsDogFood.com, right? The first thing you see if you go to that website, GeneralGiantsDogFood.com, is my wife and I in bed with a video of more than 50 around us, all of them trying to get on the bed. Uh, So, um, but in the course of of saving these dogs lives, what's really important is that not only did we find incredible ways to care for dogs, but to extend their lives. And with our special feeding and care program, we have a way of feeding dogs differently. We have a way of carrying them. We make our own special food, and we have dogs living up to 27 and a half years wow with amazing quality of life running around like puppies in their mid 20s and our, nobody else has done this to my knowledge
0: yeah and you know and bert i got to tell you understanding the importance of the food that you feed your animals is so important we had a, a pit bull. her name was pokey we took her to the vet she had all the she had, she had the mass lumps which are very common in pit bulls uh huh. And she's a, she was a gentle dog, and she was so nice. And we took him to the, we took her to the vet, and they're like, "Oh, she's got cancer. It's spread throughout her body. She has about six months to live. Do you want to put her down?" And it was like we were just at the river with her the day before, and she right. still runs around like a puppy. And it's like I just, I can't do it. You know, if she was miserable and obviously in pain, then that's one thing. But she wasn't. Right. You know, how can you even ask right. me that? We switched her over to a, a grain free organic diet. Didn't know about yours at this time, uh, right. but just switching her over to organic and getting her off like the kibbles and bits and all that uh, kind of stuff. We had her for another six years.
2: That is wonderful. You know, that is that is absolutely wonderful. Well, w- what, what, what we've been able to accomplish is that, uh, and, and so she lived to how long, how old was she? Well, she passed? was
0: nine when she got diagnosed. So she m- made it to 14 and pits usually live about 14, 15 years.
2: Right. That's great. Yeah. Well, our giant breed dogs, like Great Danes, have a traditional lifespan of seven to nine years. Wow. Uh, And uh, we have uh, 45 different breeds here. Not just Great Danes, 45 (laughs) different. There's only 164 breeds of dogs altogether. Yeah. And we have about a third of all the breeds of dogs. One of our breeds is is called a Russian wolfhound. A lot of people have heard about Irish wolfhounds. But there's a Russian wolfhound. It's also known as a Borzoi. And again, they have that, because they're a giant breed, they have that short traditional lifespan of seven to nine years. And our dog, Tara, lived to 27 years and a half. Well, God bless you, sir. That's awesome. Um, When she was 25, um, Inside Edition, the the television show, came out and videotaped her. And they entitled the segment, could this be the oldest living pooch in the world? And which is, you know, and and this is for, she lived triple her normal lifespan.
3: That's amazing.
2: We make a food that is completely different than every other dog food. Okay. And uh, as an example, if you were to, you know, if you had your dog now and you were to go look at your bag of dog food and you were to look on the back of the bag where the ingredients are and, There's a chart required by federal law called guaranteed analysis. First item is protein. Second is crude fat. You would find that the crude fat of whatever you were feeding your dog, and it didn't matter if it was the least expensive grocery store food or the most expensive pet store food, but all the dog food companies inject massive amounts of fat into dog food because it makes dogs hungrier to get you to feed your dog more and to ultimately sell you more dog food. Yeah, and so what you would find is that the under under that guaranteed analysis, the fat content, and it's called crude fat because it's not the healthy fat, right? It's saturated fat. You would find is somewhere between twelve to twenty-two percent pure crude fat oh. in that food. We don't add any additional fat in our food, and only what's naturally in the food, which is about nine percent, and uh, and even then our, you know, I'm sure you've heard of good fats and bad fats. Well, mm-hmm. you know, in, in what's natural in food, you know, tends to be good fats. What's added to food tends to be the bad fats. So our, it, just like an avocado is, is, is got, you know, fat in it, but it's nutritious. Yeah. So anyway, th- what happens is, is that that fat that is in the food to make dogs hungrier. And if you, you ever remember feeling your dog's food and feel that slightly greasy feeling on yep. the outside. Yep. Okay. That's the biggest killer of all. Um, okay. And, and the fat is sprayed on the outside to get dogs to eat the food, to eat more. Oh. Well, think of it this way. Would you ever take a can of bacon grease or chicken fat and pour it down your garbage disposal at home? Right. You would never do that because you know that unlike water, That evaporates animal fat coagulates and when it hardens it's like cement so if you poured a can of of bacon fat or chicken fat down your garbage disposal once it hardened you'd be buying a new garbage disposal my point is this that when you realize that animal fat will ruin metal can you imagine what it is doing to the inside of dogs arteries and intestines OK, yeah, like every single meal, every single bite, every single kibble is encapsulated in animal fat. So I would love to tell you that we discovered the fountain of youth, because if we did, I'd be drinking from it. Okay? Right. Me, too. <laughs> but We have dogs living to 27 years because we're just not crazy. prematurely killing dogs. We're not killing them. We don't fill their arteries with fat yep. or grease. And because of that, and our food is bone dry, you feel it. I mean, you don't feel the grease on the outside because it isn't. And uh, and and that's one of the many things that we do. And our food is called Gentle Giants. My wife and I own this company, but that's we awesome. don't take a salary. We take nothing from it because this is our charity.
3: Yeah, that's amazing. We love animals,
2: so we've got our food now you know, all across the country in Walmart's, and we just started last month in Target stores. You know, they're all across the country, and as a matter of fact. Um, We just started last month a promotion because, you know, with this whole terrible coronavirus thing, it's really messed up people's, you know, newscasts and advertising. I mean the whole world (laughs) is so consumed with this. So because we weren't able to go on the, you know, radio and television and really do a proper ad campaign because of the whole virus thing, that we decided to create a special promotion because here we are now in thousands of of target stores and we want people to know about it so as you know i used to go out all the time and go to the comic cons and find yep. these autograph photos you know and and i'll tell you they the people would fly us in there with adam and i often together and you know they pay a, a great salary and all that kind of stuff but they would turn around and sell our photos with my signature on them for a hundred dollars a piece. Yep. Adam, it was sometimes 150 a piece. Wow. Well, what I've got is this promotion that I'd like to mention to your listeners. Please uh, if, if They'd like to have a souvenir photo for my private collection. This is not something you can buy on the internet. It's not something that anybody's put out. It's my own private collection from the series is that I'm giving away free autographs on, on a beautiful, you know, frameable, souvenir collectible photo from my collection okay if if they just pick up a bag of our general Giants dog food a large bag at any target store or online target dot com and 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 it just uh, you know which okay is like probably thirty five dollars yeah but about a third of what they would pay in and they'd have to go to the show and pay the entrance and yep. you know what I'm saying a lot of people don't want to travel now they don't All too well on airplanes they don't want to you know they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be socially uh, separate and all of that kind of stuff. So it's this promotion that I'm doing, and what happened was we just put it out on the internet, okay? And I literally thousands upon thousands. I I'm, I'm, I look down at my hand to see if it's still there, yeah. Trying To make sure it hasn't fallen <laughs> off. We
0: should get a video of you all doing the stories. autographs and then speed it up and put the, the Benny oh, Hill music behind it.
2: Oh, oh, wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> so so anyway, that I'm doing that. And then on top of that, my wife and I are so busy. We have all these wonderful promotions and things we're doing. And I'm working. Um, I uh, I just, on January 9th, after 50 years, I got my star in Hollywood Boulevard. I saw that. That was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I tell people I'm a patient person. But 50 years, I've been waiting. I mean, don't you think that's a little long? She got that in
0: 1966.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: But that was cool. You had Kevin Smith next to you. and You, oh, yes. you had Maria yes. Menounos
2: there. That was pretty neat. Right. And then Kat, Nancy O'Dell from Entertainment Tonight, she was there. All three of them get a great introduction. And right after that, uh, right around the corner, because this was right in front of the um, Hollywood um uh, you know the 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 it's it's like it's this museum that they have you know with all these amazing things in yep. Guinness book it's it's called the Guinness Museum of of I guess world records or whatever so um and and that's where my star is and which is awesome. right across from Adam West uh. and they're actually facing each other and they're about the same distance apart as we stood together when we were doing our lines
3: oh that's you see cool what I
2: mean? Because the way the way on Hollywood Boulevard that it works is that people, of course, are walking on the sidewalks in both directions. So people walking in one direction, every other star, you know, can read the name. But every other star is upside down right. because they have it so people who are walking from both directions can enjoy it. So, uh, But in our case, uh, my star is facing Adam's star, it's like as though we were having a conversation. It's really cool. Oh, that's cool. But, but right after this event that was on January 9th, right around from the Guinness Museum of World Records, around the corner is the famous Hollywood Museum. And Hollywood Museum has got everything from every movie. It's four floors of this most gigantic building you could spend two months in there yep. and never see everything you know we're and uh and we've got the batmobile there the original costumes of adam and i the villains costumes the scripts the thing and but but we put on this special event there right after my ceremony of what uh, we have called the first annual burt ward batusi for world peace and what this is was a concept that my wife and i put together that with all of the stress in the world and all of the division you know, within our country and between countries, yeah. wouldn't it be great for three to five minutes once a year, everybody stop what they're doing, have fun and do the batuşi and encourage people <laughs> to get along better? You know what I mean? Yeah, have, have, that's have, awesome. Life a little easier. Well, because we videotaped this, we got people all around the world videotaping at the same time. Yeah. Okay. And and some of them videotaping the day before, the day after. The idea is that we now have videos from so many different countries, from Scotland, from Australia. We have Israeli soldiers at the Wailing Wall dancing the Batusi. Oh, that's and, awesome. And we're going to put this video out. And again, the whole concept was that we're encouraging people to try to find a way to live, you know, better with each other and uh, you know, make a, a better world for all of us. So that was the concept. And then the same afternoon, we gave away our first annual Superheroes to the Rescue Awards. So my wife and I formed another company it's called Superheroes to the Rescue. And every year, we give out awards to people who do really amazing things, you know? Yeah. This year, one of the people that we gave an award to was a young man who is obviously a Batman fan, And he dresses up as Batman. He has a dog that he dresses up as Robin. And he is a pilot. And at his own expense, he goes out and rents airplanes. And he flies to various states and goes to animal shelters where dogs are about to be put to death. There's nobody in that area to take them. He takes the dogs on the airplane and flies them to other states where they have arranged for people to rescue them and give them a safe, loving home. Oh, that's I so awesome. He, and, he, and he doesn't have a lot of money, but he manages to get by. And he goes to the shelter in his Batman outfit and, and with his dog in the Robin outfit. It is just and he's just such a wonderful, kind Amazing thing that people can do, and it's just something that we wanted to celebrate. So that was That's an a example, great story. you know. Yeah. So that and so anyway, I've got all these other things I'm doing. I was on Supergirl last. Uh, you December. were for Crisis. Yeah, Crisis on Infinite. We we're going to ask it, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was really cool about that is that this is where the Warner Brothers, um, CW network has five different series that were all on. About the same crisis at yep. the same time, you know, they were all uh, having something to do with it. So you've got, uh, uh, of course, Supergirl, and you got the new Batwoman show, and Legends of Tomorrow, The Arrow, and uh, and I think Flash, and all of these together. Were, and, and so, what they when I did my scene uh, there, it was a cameo role, which was great because it was right before the main titles. Yeah. In other words, that was the whole idea is that. You know, they would not. They didn't announce that I was going to be on. Okay, although, but the press knew about it. But, but in general, people they weren't big making a big deal because they wanted a shock value. Yeah. And so when I went there, and and of course, you know, the colors of my costume. I had a sweater that they custom made yeah. to my design <laughs> that had all these colors of my costume. You know. Did it, you keep it, that sweater? It, yes, I have. They they gave, yeah they nice. made two of them for me. And anyway, so. And then when I got there, the thing was so interesting, I got caught uh, kind of by surprise. They said, okay, Bert, here's the scene we want you to do. You're walking along, and you're walking your dog. And I thought, well, maybe because they know that I had 15,500 dogs and I'm an expert (laughs) dog handler. Maybe they just thought that would be appropriate. Right. But no, they had a different reason for that. They gave me a German Shepherd, which is one of the breeds that we don't normally have. Yeah. Okay. And which I love Shepherds. But anyway... Uh, and the whole thing was, is that I'm walking the dog, and, and when I started to think about it, I realized from the comic book, they made this based on the original Ace the Bat-Dog. Ace oh. was the Bat-Dog in the comic books, and there was Ace the Bat-Dog, and I'm walking Ace the Bat-Dog, and then, you know, this this whole, uh, you know, crisis with this, you know, tremendous thing that's wiping out planets and all that kind of stuff comes, and it uh, it anyway. It was great fun, and then they used it in the other segments and the other shows. Yeah. So it was. It got a lot of a lot of publicity. That's cool. You know? I
0: didn't know that was Ace the Bat Ace Bat. That would I didn't know
2: that Ace the Bat Dog. Yeah, from the original comic book. You know. So that that's cool. And then I've been also very busy. Uh, I I do for the DC Universe, which is their streaming system. I have that. I do a lot of introductions of uh, the various television shows including my own uh and and it was so funny cuz i went to to tape that and you know normally if you see a uh someone introducing a movie or something right yeah. just just a couple of sentences my god each one of these was 3 pages long single <laughs> page i mean it was like 10 minutes to <laughs> reading did you feel like you were back on set <laughs> <laughs> oh my, I never had that on set. Everything we did on the set was like 30 seconds or a minute, unless it was a fight scene <laughs> and then maybe a minute and a half. But this went on and on and on. And thank goodness, in, in this case, uh, I did use a teleprompter because that would have just been, you know, you three pages, single space. I mean, it was just an enormous amount of material yeah. for each one of these. And I did like 20 of them for them. Oh, man. So uh, yeah, I, Did you have fun have doing a, it, though? yes i did and you know i have a great relationship with the dc people yeah you know and and, uh, i have actually a long-term deal with warner brothers because on my dog food bag our gentle giants dog food they allow me to use my images robin from the series oh that's nice they also give me the right i can put the batman logos and the you know the bat signal that's huge it's huge well it's the number one licensed thing in the entire world yeah i don't know if you know this but more Batman merchandise was sold than anything else in the world, including Star Wars and Harry Potter.
3: Yeah, I
0: believe
2: Everything, it. Everything, the more than Superman, the greatest in history
0: was yeah. Batman. I you know what? I work for a large telecommunications company, and mm-hmm. when that merger took place, uh, the people at my office were like, "Oh, I, I didn't know that. That was, you know." they got dc as well is that going to be any uh is right. that well, good i'm like AT&T. are you kidding they got they got the rights AT&T. to batman that him alone yeah. is worth that deal
2: <laughs> right well yeah it's uh it it well I'll, t- what, I'll tell you what's interesting is we made our show at 20th century fox okay and 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 but warner brothers owned the rights so right. many years after the show ended there was a lot of tension between um at the time Warner brothers and 20th century Fox. So our TV series didn't come out for like many years later, where it was released, you know, on blu-ray and DVD, which it is of course now Right. it's been released for a few years on it, but, uh, it, it, there, it, and it's so interesting because on one hand now, Disney owns 20th century Fox. I don't know if you know that. Yep. And, and, and yet and Warner brothers owns the rights to Batman and Robin. So, uh, it, it's, it's, um, it just been, it's just been—it's been very interesting, and, and how uh, you know there are projects and that both of them are doing that involve superheroes. So uh, I'm keeping very busy doing all of that, plus you know, I love it charity work that my wife and I do.
0: And I'm so glad that we get to see you more and more out there. And you know, you you get on the internet or you turn on the TV, and there's plenty of times that I get to see Burt Ward sitting there telling stories, talking about his time. And then getting out and rescuing all these dogs—it's—it's it's a pleasure. It really is.
2: Well, thank you, and and uh, and and I I have such a great friendship. I tell you, it was when I was got my star on January 9th, I had like a, a lot of people from DC and Warner Brothers that were there, and you know, congratulating. Awesome. You know, and then of course, you know, uh, my dear friend who I uh, literally loved, Adam West. You know, he he died now. Now it's three years. It's man It's crazy. And uh, after he died, the mayor of Los Angeles, Eric Garcetti, had this special event for him, where uh, and I spoke there, and the mayor spoke, and the chief of police spoke, and where they shined the bat signal on L.A. City Hall, which oh, is, that's cool. That building is like like a skyscraper, way up, you know. And it was just and the way they did it, and they had more than twelve thousand people that came out. And it was done like it early, you know, early evening so that it would be, you know, really show up great by the time that they they turn on the big spotlights to it. It it was just fantastic. It was a great tribute to my dear friend who uh, I miss very much.
0: Oh, That's really nice to hear. That's I wish I would have seen that. I mean, I I only saw the stuff that's on like YouTube showing you accepting the the star, but not that that would have been really cool to see.
2: Well, that actually is on you. It is available on the internet. Of cool. course, it was a separate event. You know, the, the getting the star was just a few months ago. This was in 2017, three years ago. Yeah. But it's it's out there, and it's uh, and it actually is quite a bit of material and and talk and interviews it and stuff. Yeah, it's 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 worth seeing if you're a, a Batman fan. You oh know? yeah,
0: big
1: time. I saw it. so it's I pretty so- it's pretty awesome. I saw when it when it happened. It's it's pretty cool. Oh uh, well, if you see the link, Johnny, send it over to me because I'd love to see that. Yeah, I'll grab it for you. So,
0: Bert, I'm wondering if we can ask you some questions about sure. your career. And, um, yeah, I got some things lined up here.
2: Whatever you'd like.
0: <laughs> so, before we get into Batman, because I think that's kind of encompassing with everything when we, when we talk with you, playing Robin and everything. But during that time, you actually did some music with Frank Zappa. Yes. And I'm curious, yes. what was that like? How was What was it like oh working with Frank?
2: God. Well, first of all, um, I am... I'm a person that knows what I can do and knows what I can't do. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) And I am not a singer. Okay. (laughs) But MGM records came to me and they just drove me crazy. Oh, we got to put out this song. And and I said, I'm not a singer. Well then look, how about we do some kind of a, it was like an early, early days of rap where I basically took a series of fan letters uh, and uh, put them together and read them it was called boy wonder i love you actually became number seven in chicago oh, that's and, awesome. and then at the time though everything was so conservative like you almost can't believe how conservative things were just the opposite of the way it is today right but my, my song actually was taken off the air because in this fan letter that i read where it's that the 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 young you know fan says oh can you come to my house can you, you know, can you spend the weekend, you know, I'll make you <laughs> breakfast and, you know, I mean, I, you know, I I'm just the sweetest thing, you know, there was nothing other than just, you know, and this was a kid writing, you know, right. little, and, but at the time, oh, you couldn't say that, Oh, come over and stay at my house. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was just, it was crazy. Now, of course, today is just a complete opposite. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so, But anyway, so in terms of answering your question, I, I was introduced to Frank Zappa. I didn't know him until I met him. And I'm telling you, if you looked at him, it's like, oh, my God, that is the ultimate hippie of anybody <laughs> out there. Oh, my. Right. And right. yet, you know, I, I started to speak to him and the guy was brilliant. Oh, he he had graduated Columbia University with a degree in music he was razor sharp I yeah I could ble- but you cannot always tell from the look on the outside what's on the inside and, <laughs> right and, and the thing is he had this group called the mothers of invention yep and I don't know if you, and let me tell you these guys oh they, they looked crazier than he did you know what I mean yeah and and, and they they would come out on the stage and they would perform, and then they'd tear up their instruments. They'd break them over chairs. I mean, I you just never saw anything like this. So here they want me to perform with them, and, and I'm like the ultimate squeaky clean. You You're know. the straight
0: man to everything.
2: Oh my god! You know, like uh, every mother would like you know Robin or Dick Grayson to go out with her daughter because he's just so antiseptically pure. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Kind of <laughs> but 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 so so here i'm working with these guys and it was everybody is laughing and this and that but they were great musically they geniuses it, it, frank was amazing fantastic and so that's awesome. uh, we we did some songs so that was quite an experience you know i mean and i must tell you having done batman has afforded me an opportunity to work with some of the greatest actors and actresses of all time
3: that's cool you know
2: i, I came onto that set as a young person, it was my first acting job I ever tried out for. Pretty stiff competition. 2,700 young actors were interviewed for that role. Wow. Okay. And I was selected. And when I was selected, the executive producer said, uh, would, you, uh, would you like to know why we selected you, Bert, for the role? And I said, yes. He said, because in our minds, we're getting television for minutes. If there really was a Robin, I mean, the real thing, we think that you personally would be Dick Grayson, would be Robin. So we don't want you to, quote, act. We want you to just be yourself and be enthusiastic, which is what I did for 120 episodes.
0: That's awesome. Well, you have... Quite extensive karate background. You're you're no slouch when it comes to martial arts, and
2: right. you've well, been. I, yeah, I, I was a brown belt when I started the series, yeah. and, and on my yeah. screen test, I broke a board with my hand. Now this is back in 1965, and I, I don't know if you know this, but the martial arts and karate had only come to the United States in 1959. Wow, it only had been there like six years, and I uh, and I started studying three years after it came. Um, and then another piece of trivia you might find is that, um, I was friends with Bruce Lee. Yeah, that's
0: right. I was going to ask you about Bruce Lee. You guys lived in the same complex.
2: Complex. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, he and I used to spar together. Okay. Yeah. And he trained eight hours a day. God okay. Unbelievable. Eight hours a day. He trained, yeah. never met. And, uh, but we also socialized. I remember when, um, And, you know, he he had his son, you know what I mean, Brandon, who was six months of age and Linda's wife. And we would go down to Chinatown to have dinner. And because Bruce had lived in in Hong Kong for 10 years, he knew all the he knew the stuff to order that wasn't even on the menu. Right. uh, And and then when it came to doing the show, you know, the same executive producer that produced Batman produced the Green Hornet, you know, that show. And, and so a piece of trivia for your listeners is, you know, because as you know, Bruce Lee became the most famous martial artist cinema of all time. There's right. nobody as far as, you know, Still. filming. Ever be, yeah, I I don't think he'll ever be equaled. OK, but his very first filmed fight scene of his career was fighting me on Batman. That's cool. You know, piece of trivia. And... Um, it was it was great. I mean it was it was actually toned down from the stuff that we did off the set, which was much rougher. Yeah. But they didn't want this to this was stylized. This is a family show. Batman was for you know, there was violence but not real violence. Nobody ever really got hurt. I mean, you know, somebody would come in and somebody take a chair and break it over their head right. and they'd fall down, but two seconds later they're back it's up cartoon violence. Coming, never blood. Yeah. It was kind of bigger than life, yeah. and kids loved. Oh my God, they loved the hero worship. I mean, for every kid that watched our show to ride in the Batmobile, see, they, all these kids knew they could go look in the mirror and they knew they weren't six foot five. Right. You know what I mean, like Batman and grown up and all that kind of stuff. But they knew they were a kid, and look who did who did they you know like align themselves with was Robin, yeah. because Robin. Was young, he was he was right the right hand man for for you know young lad for Batman. He got to ride in the Batmobile. He got to climb the walls. Yeah, he got to fight the villains. I mean, every kid actually related more to Robin than Batman. And uh, and and so as a result, um, there was a tremendous tremendous following. I I, I remember my I first it. personal appearance. Um, Three months after the show aired, my first appearance was up in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, At the at the time, there was a place called the B and I Circus Store. Yep. And just imagine.
0: Remember the B and I.
2: Yeah, it was. Just imagine, like a an outdoor shopping center or whatever, and where inside the store they had wild animals.
0: That's right. They had a gorilla in a cage for a long time.
2: There you go. And well, actually, what happened was I fell in love with this lion cub. And, and, and I, and, and they gave me this lion cub. Oh, wow. And, but then there was a problem bringing him into California because of wild animals. Right. Right. So I, I said, well, look, if you can figure a way to get him to me, well, they figured a way, you know what they did?
4: Huh.
2: They, I mean, they, that's only three months old. So he, he, he would fit into the carrier of a, say of a dog, a right. dog's carrier. And it was a wood carry custom ones that they had. With holes in it for air and stuff like that, right? Right. And on the outside of it, they put cat, and they took it to Air Freight, and I picked up my lion cub. <laughs> and at the time, I, I I had 22 cats, okay? Holy moly. That's right. And in an, an apartment... Oh, like 25 floors above the ground over in beautiful in West Los Angeles. Yeah. And I wanted to be friends with the owner of the built complex of buildings. It was a whole complex. And he let me keep the lion. Okay. And it uh, and he, he, he was amazing because this lion wanted to play with those cats. He really was so sweet. It's not what you think of a lion. Right. He's a baby that was just so loving. And this was the very famous... One of the very most famous lions of all time was Clarence the Cross-eyed Lion, you know. And uh, this was his brother, Clarence's brother. And the sa- the veterinarian that raised Clarence was Doctor McWarder, and he was the doctor, the veterinarian that I had hired for mine. And it was sad because, and I would have kept him forever, but but as he grew, his lungs never grew, and oh. he, he, we lost him, and which was so devastating. Yeah. To me. Anyway, he would want to play with my 22 cats, right? And so they they, they didn't want to know part of him. That's crazy. They're, they're a real lion, okay? And and it was so funny because he would waddle after them, but, you know, <laughs> they're, they're so fast, right? And they would all get under the bed, and the poor thing, he'd waddle into the bedroom, and he'd try to get under the bed, and you watch on the other side, and like it was like an explosion of cats coming out of that other side over there. <laughs> But, and he wanted to play with them. Cat he, he, he was so sweet. So what he did is he uh, he watched them, and he saw where they would go into the cat pan, which was in the bathroom. I had yeah. a, kind of a, a guest bathroom in a nice big apartment. Anyway, so he would pretend to go to sleep in the doorway where the cats had to go past him to get to the cat pan, right? Right. And and they would, like, try to sneak past him. <laughs> and, they, and all of a sudden, whoop, this giant paw would come down and he would wash them. He was so sweet to them. They wanted no part of him. He would wash their face. And let me tell you something. I felt his his tongue, and it was like a chisel. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea that a lion's tongue was just like so, you know, it's like, like a real metal chisel, yeah. you know? Yeah,
0: that's incredible.
2: And yeah, anyway, um it was a great it was a great time and it was it would be funny cuz right across the street was the grocery store that I would order groceries brought up and these young guys would come to deliver the groceries and I'd open up the door and they'd come in and they'd just look down there and and they'd see him and and you know at 3 months of age they're not in the right proportion. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay, I mean their their head is about the same size as their body.
0: Right, it's like a bobblehead right. going
3: on.
2: Exactly. And and these people, de- these young guys that are delivering the food, they'd look down and they'd try to, you know, what is that? It's obviously alive, but what is it? Okay, <laughs> And then he would do this thing. He, he would like, he would roar, but nothing came out. You know right. what I mean? He would just go that, ar, ar, you know, with open his mouth big. And my God, they drop the groceries on the counter and run. <laughs> I probably would have ran too. <laughs> he was only—I'm telling you—he was about the size of a of a cocker spaniel. He was only like about two feet, not maybe maybe a eight feet long. Oh, he's still young. Long. Oh, he was three months old. No
0: oh, man, that's Tiny. hilarious. Pick
2: him up—you could pick him up—and up. but and 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 but his nose was was the size of the palm of my hand. Okay, <laughs> that's his nose, right? <laughs> And anyway, I and I he, and he had a big black puff on the end of his tail, so I called him Puff. Oh, that's they, nice! Just the sweetest thing. But you know, animals really are wonderful, and they oh. they actually are such a calming thing. You know, they they'll use dogs to, for example, go into hospitals where you know, I, and I can't tell you how many times I've visited children's wards and stuff like that where they brought in these therapy dogs. Yep. Because you know, and the kids huge difference. Them, oh my God! It just. It is just, it's, it's so wonderful. And I mean, look, I have two children on my own and I, and I love human kids too. You know, I have two human kids and more than <laughs> 50 canine kids, but I will tell you something about my dogs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you something about that in, in all these years, 25 and a half years caring for more than 15,500 dogs. All right. Yeah. Not one dog ever asked me to buy him a car. <laughs> okay, so I got to give them credit.
0: <laughs> you got to love that. We had three dogs, six chickens, two cats, uh, and what do they call those things? They're like a Mexican iguana.
2: Oh yeah, 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 axolotl. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, we had yeah. four of
0: those. Uh, yeah, we we're big animal lovers. We we love them. Hey, I, I got to ask you. You did a lot of your own stunts. And the big thing that I read was a lot of times they were trying to cut costs so they would just have you perform your own stunts.
2: No, no, no. I'll tell you exactly what it was. Okay. Let me it, it goes back to the very first day of filming yeah. of the entire series. That's when I first had this experience, okay? And this was filming the famous Batcave scene outside the, the Batcave. The car coming outside out? The yeah, of the Batmobile coming out making that sharp left turn, the sign going down, you know, then pops up Gotham City, 14 miles, right? Okay, so um, this is like, I had to be there at like 6.30 in the morning. I'm in makeup, which is not a lot of fun. Then I got in the costume, which was a lot less fun, all right? And, uh, and, And then they say to me, okay, Bert, now for this scene, you need to go inside the cave over there, okay? You can walk inside that cave. And we've got the Batmobile in there. So in this scene, you're going to get in the passenger side of the Batmobile. And Batman's going to drive out the Batmobile. It's going to come out really fast, about 55 miles an hour on the dirt. OK, make a sharp left turn and zoom off, you know, and that's going to be the opening for the show. So I said, fine. You know, I, I wasn't thinking too much about it. I figured I'd just do what they tell me to do. So I go into the cave, and, you know, when you go into a dark place, it takes you a few minutes to uh, adjust your eyes. You can't just automatically see. Right. So I get in the Batmobile, and, and there is what appears to be Adam there. But you know how even if you can't see somebody or something, you can tell something's different? It's, right. You know, it's just something intuitively that tells you something's different. So I said, Adam? He says, no, my name is Hubie. I said, oh, well, where's Adam? He said, oh, I think he's out having, you know, on the set, having a coffee. I said, Oh, well, why is he not here? He said, because the studio didn't want to take a chance of him getting hurt. And this is a very dangerous scene. So they hired me as a stunt man. And you know, this is my job. In fact, the more broken bones I get, the more money I get. Yeah. I said, oh, wow. 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 Dangerous. Huh? Oh, very dangerous. I said, okay. <laughs> and then I'm saying, I said, well, I said, well, no, wait a minute. Um, if this is dangerous, do I have a stunt man? Is oh yeah, yeah you do. I said well that's good, but well where is he? Oh well when I came over here he was having coffee with Adam. I said oh. <laughs> okay, and then I hear him say all right roll it up, get ready to shoot and all this stuff. And I say wait a minute, wait no oh whoa whoa there's a terrible mistake whoa whoa cut and they run up Bert what's the problem what's the problem you know. I said, this, this this man, he tells me he's a stuntman. Yeah, he is. I, I, he, but he tells me this is very dangerous. He says, yes, it is. I said, well, but he also tells me I have a stuntman. He said, that's true. I said, well, why isn't the stuntman sitting here instead of me? And the guy says, we can't use him. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, why can't you use him? Well, he doesn't look like you. <laughs> well, why would you hire somebody to be my stuntman? <laughs> he doesn't look like me. Couldn't find anybody else. And they said, now you're going to come right up at the camera. We're going to, the camera's on your side of the car. It's going to be a tight shot right on your face. And everybody wants to know it's really you. I said, okay, all right. All right. You know, he said, just hold on tight, you know, all young,
0: impressive, impressionable. Let's do this.
2: Right. Yeah. So I, and so I, this guy is, gunning the engine oh you know what i mean yeah and he peels out of that bat cave when they say action and we come right up right up you think he's gonna hit i mean the guy was a genius driver i mean okay we come right up at the last second he makes that turn that sharp left turn but unexpectedly my door flew open oh it was not planned yeah when my door flew open the man, the cameraman on the camera truck. It's it's not a real truck. It's like a kind of a dolly type of thing, you yeah. know. But he sits up on there with a big you know, thirty-five millimeter camera. It knocked him off. Okay, it knocked a giant arc lamp. In those days, they they don't have they didn't have cool lighting like they have now. Right. Now they have lights that are small and cool. In those days, this was like you know a searchlight is way up high. And God forbid, if it ever fell on anybody, you'd instantly kill them because it's very heavy. Yeah. Okay. And it knocked this arc lamp over. And I was thrown towards the opening in the door. And one of these freaky things were just, you know how you just kind of react to something. I threw my hand behind it. And, and a reflex. And I caught my little finger around the gear shift knob. That Ouch. kept me from falling out, yeah. But it pulled my finger out of joint.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And which
2: I had never had that, and that is so incredibly painful. You yep. can't imagine.
0: Yep, you don't realize how bad so, the pinky can hurt until you until it's oh, really in pain. Right.
2: So so anyway, so now everybody rushes over. The car's stopped, you know, because it, you know what I mean. Yeah. Everything was in dust is everywhere. You can hardly see anything. And they come running over to me. And they burn. Are you okay? You're okay. I said. Yeah, I, I'm okay, but my hand is killing me. And and uh, I looked down at my hand that was in the glove, and even though it had a glove on and, and a fairly tight glove, my finger, a, a little finger, was already twice the size that it should have been, instantly, almost. You know what I mean? Right. And they took one look and they said, "Oh, bird, your finger's out of joint. We got to get you to a hospital. They're going to have to reset that, and that's Ooh. painful as as heck. But we, we got to get you to a hospital." I said, "Okay, okay," and and I. They helped me to get out of the car, and and I'm now out of the Batmobile, and I'm looking around. And say, well, where's the where's the car going to take me to the hospital? Oh, we can't take you to the hospital now. Oh, oh why, why not? Well, we didn't get the shot. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, but 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 my hand. Said, yeah, but you don't understand. We have eighty men on this crew. It costs us like you know thirty five thousand dollars every fifteen minutes. You know. We you know we've got to get the shot first. Yeah. Okay. Now that was at seven thirty, probably quarter of eight in the morning. I finally got to leave for the hospital about noon.
3: Oh. Oh, All dealing with that, that pinky. Time.
2: Yeah, and oh. the, getting back in the Batmobile and going for another thing with it. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, oh, and I mean, I couldn't even. I had to hold on with my right hand only, holding on to the you know to the windshield. The, the Batmobile windshield, yeah. so it, it was it was a mess. But that was the first of four days in a row that I end up going to the emergency hospital. Wow! I had second degree burns from explosions. I had a two by four. All because they wanted to see your face. Yes, all so they could see my face. Came down this two by four, and when they well, what happened was it was in uh, supposedly this was taking place in this where the subway is and where Batman figures out that the Riddler. Played by Frank Gorshin, uh, with Jill Saint John, who was the Riddler's girlfriend Molly. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, they have me tied down on a table, and they're making this death mask of my face so that she can dress up as Robin and try to find out where the Batcave is. So anyway, that was (laughs) the plot. But but what happened was is the scene Batman discovers this, and he sets a charge to blow a hole in the subway wall to come in to rescue me. Right. Well, what they were supposed to do is build what they call a breakaway wall. A breakaway wall looks just like a real wall, but it's made out of balsa wood. I mean, it is just like something that as a, if you've ever, any, you know, ever as a kid or you ever put anything together, it is just the most flimsy, lightweight, you know, you used to get, get those airplanes,
0: those little yeah. airplanes, you'd, you, you'd you just go. snap right. together yeah. and throw them and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yeah.
2: It's balsa wood. So but but there was a problem. The people that built the set had forgotten to build a breakaway set. And this set was with real two by fours. Oh my god. I mean god. this was this was like a house. This was like a building. This was not a breakaway. <laughs> they over engineered. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? There was no two to three weeks to build a breakaway set. Right the whole show could have gone down so what did the special effects guys do and their infinite wisdom they used two half sticks of real dynamite oh my god and nearly blew the entire soundstage down
0: oh my god
2: and when that happened it from the set it blew a two by four off of the set which came down and broke my nose and i'm tied down it couldn't even protect my face oh down and landed on the bridge of my nose and broke my nose
0: so you're seeing this board come right out and you can't do anything you can't do anything about it Ugh.
2: nothing right now i should have known that there could have been a problem when you're tied down on a table okay at like seven thirty in the morning and these special effects guys with the explosions you know the yeah. explosive devices they're walking past you and you smell liquor on their breath oh my at god 7 30 in the morning that's a bad sign that's a okay? very bad sign yeah so there you go. That was another day. I've had, And I had four of the first six days that I went to the emergency hospital.
3: That's yeah, crazy. And I've
2: never been to an emergency hospital, okay? And I was just, and you know, and the, the doctor said, it was actually the same doctor. He said, geez, you you must be accident prone. I said, no, I've never been. This is the most dangerous thing, you know? And But I'll tell you something, the studio... 20th Century Fox, they were very smart. Yeah. You know what they did? They took out a multi million dollar life insurance
0: policy on me. (laughs) All right. Just in case.
2: Just in case. But let me tell you, when it came to the end of the third season, when we were going to close down, I could swear those last couple of shows, they were trying to collect on that policy. (laughs) Doing everything they can to try to, let's get
0: this guy in danger so we can maybe make our money back.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's nuts. So tell me about the Catholic reign of decency.
2: Oh, the Catholic Legion of Decency. Yeah,
0: Legion of Decency. Yeah, okay. they Well, they kind of messed with you a little bit.
2: Well, let, let me just tell you, man was not built for tights. Okay. <laughs> right. And and there's no way to get around it. Right. Now, you know. So, um and, and and some men's
0: bulges are bigger than others.
2: <laughs> right. But, you know, and uh, as a result of that, for whatever reason, you know, I all of a sudden the network got calls from the Catholic Legion of Decency that they were complaining that Robin's bulge was too big and <laughs> that they needed to do something about it. You didn't
0: say immediately say thank you.
2: <laughs> no, no. No, well I didn't know about it in the beginning.
3: Yeah.
0: And
2: then ABC network having received that formal complaint, okay? They contacted 20th Century Fox, 20th Century Fox contacted the production company that was called Greenway Productions. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call that I need to go over to wardrobe department. We got a p- little bit of a problem. So what's the problem? I said, well, you know, you've got to you know a religious organization complaining about the way you fit in your tights as well. I didn't do anything, yeah. you know, you know, I mean, and, and I'm wearing underwear. I mean, I don't understand what the problem doesn't matter. We got to do something about it. So, well, what do you have in mind? Well, they tried every contraption you can imagine Yeah. Over me, and uh, none of it worked, okay? And they finally contacted this doctor that came in and gave me these pills to shrink me up. What? And I took them for three days, and then I realized that, wait uh-uh. a minute, this could make me sterile for life. I would be worried about that. Yeah. I- I'd be super scared. I'm not taking this. Right, and uh, so from then on, I just used my cape to cover. You know, whenever there was going to be a shot that could, you know, possibly not look right. So it was a. Now, on the other hand, the a little bit of a spicy to that. This yeah. was quite well known. Okay, at the time, right? I'm kind of giving it kind of a playing it down. Right, but this wasn't played down at the time. And one of the episodes that we were doing was the three parter called the Londinium Larcenies. Okay, it was a three parter supposedly taking place over in London. Okay. Yeah. Well, the villain uh, was uh, Rudy Valley, and uh, he had his, uh, I guess, girlfriend or whatever you want to call it, cohort. Yep. And she had all these girls that were her, uh, like, villainous girls, kind of, you know what I mean? And, uh, and this was common knowledge on the set, you know what I mean, right. about this thing. And people were teasing me, you know, a little thing like this. Oh, uh, how's that costume fitting, Bert? You know, and <laughs> stuff like that. A little tight. <laughs> all I can tell you was there were a couple of scenes and it's you. you can, well, I don't know that you can see it, but you you can certainly see the scenes. Yeah. Where the girls are, are grabbing me three on each side. And they're wrestling with me and purposely bumping up against me. Okay, <laughs> you know. they want to know if the rumors are true. Well, I don't know. I, I seem to be trying to get a rise out of me. But uh, <laughs> in any event, and it, and oh my, you know, and it's such an embarrassing thing. There's no yeah. way that you can, you know, and uh, but uh, but in any event, that was that was that was that, and and there were other things. I mean, not like that, but there were other things that. Or this was wrong. I mean, it was like Adam could drive the Batmobile out of the Batcave once he cracked it into the side of the cave. Everybody in the crew thought it was funny. I accidentally scraped it on coming out of the cave where I one scene I had to drive the Batmobile and I got yelled at from the studio. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean he, he, he could get away with anything. And I was always like getting yelled at. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, man. You gave a speech at Harvard. Right. And somebody that is now very famous. And tell me if this is true, because the way I read it, it sounded more like a rumor stole right. the costumes that you brought to show the audience.
2: Yeah, it was a costume. It was my costume. I, I was actually what it was. I was voted man of the year at Harvard university That's in awesome. 1984, but I didn't even go to the university. I actually went to UCLA, Yeah, but I was voted man of the year and I was uh, voted over uh Juan Carlos of Spain. And uh, I mean, just was uh, anyway, it was a great honor. And uh, the Harvard University flew me back there and I got a chance to speak to, you know, a full auditorium of, of, you know, like thousands of their, you know, students. It was a really great honor. Yeah. And, and it was, and I had my costume, like, you know, I didn't want to wear my costume, but right. you know, I want to be able to talk, you know, because if I'm in costume, I got to be in character. Right. So I had the costume, like, you know, well, I don't know, six or eight feet away from me. And during this, uh, you know, a couple of young guys came up. They said, we're security detail. There's supposedly a potential threat to your costume. We're going to just keep it off stage here. Okay. And, uh, and I said, oh, okay. You know, I didn't think too much of it. Right. Right. But this was a purposely. Done thing, and this were a couple of students. I didn't know who it was, right? <laughs> Why would you? <laughs> You're right. I mean, you know, and nobody, nobody at the at at Harvard knew about. I mean, none of the people that you know, other than these perpetrators here. <laughs> and uh, and they took the costume, and then after the speech, I said, "Well, where's my costume?" And the Harvard people said, "Well, we don't know." I said, "What do you mean you don't know? You had your people come up here and take it." No, we didn't have them. I said, well, didn't you see them? Yeah, but I, I, I thought maybe you just ask them to move it out of the way. I said, no. I said, I need my costume. And then I started to get concerned because that is the only costume that yeah. survived the series. Yeah, okay. Christless. Exactly. Okay. And uh it turns out that the person that uh that stole the costume became a very famous talk show host. Yep. You know who it is?
0: Yeah, Conan O'Brien.
2: <laughs> there you go, Conan <laughs> O'Brien. I think and, that's
0: hilarious.
2: Yeah, and uh, years later, I uh, when I released my book called "Boy Wonder: My Life in Tights," I yep. went on his show. It's a great
0: book. Yeah, I was going to ask you about this.
2: We talked about that where he took that costume and oh, you know, he he just thought that was the greatest thing in the world. You, you must have had a heart attack. <laughs> and, yeah, I was a little concerned to be honest with you. You know. That was irreplaceable, irreplaceable. But I got it back. It took a day, but I got it back. Yeah. And uh, everything was fine after that.
0: When you were on that show, I watched that interview. And I watched Uh that interview when it happened, and then I watched it again uh, just the other day, getting ready for you to be on. Right. And I got to ask you, you guys were talking, Conan looked super uncomfortable. And I was wondering, was it a bit or was... Uh, some of the things that you were saying coming out of the talking about the book and what you're saying from the book,
2: it was a little shocking. To yeah, it was a little Look shocking prepared. for him. And I don't I know he read it.
0: Yeah, he wasn't ready for it.
2: Right, right. And uh, well, especially when I described my friend Adam. You know, right. exactly. You know, I mean, if you saw it, then you you know, I talked about how you know Adam and I was Adam, we were great friends, and you know, and and personally got along great. And I said, there's only with Two problems with Adam. With Adam, and he said, "What's that?" I said, "Well, you uh, you can't trust him with your wife, and you got to watch out for your pocketbook." And <laughs> he said, "Oh my God!" You whatever he said was you know that's you know what I mean. You that's some friend. And I said, "No, no, you just got to understand that's what you're dealing with, you know." It, it, but it was it was it, I had a lot of fun, and he was very nice to me, very cordial. So it it turned out okay, but I think he was a little surprised, and I think he was a little surprised about the content of my book being kind of you know i, I mean if i'm little racy. it is but but i say it like it is it's also in the complete style of batman you know It's yeah. where you know it's not i mean the facts are there but as you read them you're not really sure wait a minute am i being put on here or not you know what i mean and that because that's the style that you know we used to say that we put on our tights to put on the world i love it i
1: love it yeah, I I bought that book a long time ago and read it. I loved that book. It was great. Yeah,
2: it was. A, it was a, and I look back now and I think, oh, my gosh, and, you know, maybe it's a little bit too wild. But anything that I do, I never do halfway. You know, if I'm going to write something, I'm going to say just like it is. Not going to, you know, uh, tone it down or whatever. And uh, but it was uh, it was it was a and most people that read it said once they started reading it, they read it all the way through, you know. They couldn't put it down, yeah. Uh, but, uh, but in any event, it, w- it was it's part of my life, and it was it was at the time a, a fun thing to do.
0: It's very nice, it's very nice. It's a good book, I like it.
2: Yeah, it's I tell people it's truly a book that you can judge by its cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yes. cover's become iconic now, yeah. It, it's I actually, uh, one of the big publishing houses uh, at the time had written to me when the book came out and said it, they thought that was the one of the best covers they had ever seen. It was a, a scene of, a, kind of a shot of of me wearing just the back trunks yep. with a zipper, supposedly, on that, uh, you, you know, they, they, we didn't really have a zipper on it, but this was drawn on there, this zipper and the beautiful lady's hand unzipping the zipper, but the, the zipper itself was a bat you know? Yeah. And I mean, it was just, it was that whole Batman style. Okay. And it, and, and people that, uh, you know, at the time it was a little risque, I have to admit, but it was fun and it was real.
0: Yeah. See, that's yeah. the thing Well, th- That's the thing though. You, when you, when you were promoting that book, when I watched you do your interviews, you were having a lot of fun and that comes okay. across. And that's what matters to me is you were obviously enjoying what you were doing and you had a lot of passion for what you created and you wanted people to know about it. And it was awesome.
2: Yeah. And it oh it came within um, it we came within twenty thousand copies of being a bestseller too, and it was just distributed by an independent, not like by one of these major uh, publishing houses. Oh, that's so cool. That was a real honor.
0: Yeah. So, Julie Newmar, Eartha Kit, Lee Ma- Ma- Merriweather. Uh huh. Who's your Catwoman?
2: Well, <laughs> there were actually three on the show, and then Leanne Merriweather played it in the Batman movie because at the time. Julie Newmar had contracted to uh, to do another movie called McKenna's Gold, yeah. so she couldn't be it. So they got um, Leanne Merriweather, who was a very sweet lady, very very good. And uh, then, you know, on our show, we it, we there was uh, you know Julie was mainly the one, yeah, I should say. And then there was uh, one episode with Eartha Kitt, who played
0: Captain. Right. She only did one episode. I thought she did more than that.
2: Well, an episode is really a two-parter. Right,
0: because you guys did two shows a week, which is a crazy schedule.
2: Oh, well, and it, and it took a lot more than – it took six days to make each half hour. So, we, in other words, we in order to make a season, which was 26 episodes, we had to shoot almost the entire year. Wow. And, and, and it and That's There incredible. was so many uh, – I'll tell you something that you might find interesting is that there were so many effects – On our show and and first of all they had a crew instead of 30 a crew of 80 because they're getting these effects to work you know these contraptions giant birthday cakes and all these kinds of things getting them to work was just monstrous you know yeah but what happened was because everybody was so consumed with these effects that where it came to adam and i other than the director saying, well, you know, you're here at the Bat computer, or you're in the Bat Batmobile, or you know what I'm saying, other than a very general description, or you're sitting here at this table, or whatever, they never told us, either of us, ever, how to do our lines, okay? I mean, not, a lot of times directors say, oh, no, no, please say it this way, or please do this, and okay, but they were so consumed <laughs> with trying to get these effects that we're having an impossible time, you know, and and it, you know, thirty thousand dollars or thirty five thousand dollars every fifteen minutes. Yeah, things can get really expensive.
0: Especially in the sixties, that's insane.
2: Oh yeah, they were ended up. I think they were losing about two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a week making wow. the show. So that was why after one hundred and twenty episodes, and they'd made enough to sell it in perpetuity into reruns, that they just stopped making them because it was just too much money to yeah. lose
0: one of the things you guys did, which was genius was the walk, the scaling of the wall. And you had right. the guest camp cameo roles. And I, and right. what I read was these are, these were famous actors doing a guest spot that wanted to be on the show in some form or fashion. Like most of them would probably want to be a villain
2: when there was never enough villain roles. Yeah. Never enough. And in fact, let me tell you something, something about Hollywood. When something is a hit, everybody wants to get in on it. Our show was number one and number two, because remember there were two episodes a week, you know, the cliffhanger. Yep. So you show number one and then the cliffhanger and show number two. Okay. We were the number one and number two show in the entire world. Yeah. Batman was so gigantic. Let me just tell you, it, it, if there had been Super Bowl at that time, but there wasn't yet at that point, but had there been, Our ratings were higher than what Super Bowl would be. On our opening night of Batman, there was a 55 share. And let me just tell you what that means. That means, based on all these mathematical calculations, that of all the television sets on in North America, meaning United States, Canada, and Mexico, on on that opening night, of all the televisions on, 55% 55% were watching Batman. That's amazing. And the other 45% consisted of some networks like ABC, CBS, but then there were regional shows, there's syndicated shows, and there's a whole bunch of different television. But 55% of every television that was turned on was watching Batman. Greatest ratings maybe ever ever existed. That's the awesome. The ratings of Batman. Yeah, that's amazing. People, it instantly became. It was you almost can't conceive of how people reacted to the show. Yeah, I mean, women were having their Batman style haircuts. Kids were 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 putting um, uh, bath towels around their their neck, held together with clothespins, and jumping off their couches. Everybody tuned into Batman, even the, at the time, the hardest audience to reach were the college kids and teenagers, because at that time, everybody on a, a, a at night wanted to be out, like, you know, cruising the local outdoor uh, restaurant or something, you know what I mean? Trying to look cool. Everybody, but nobody wanted to watch television, but Batman was so popular that in the college dorms, People had to get there two hours in advance just to get a seat to watch that thirty-minute show. And one of the reasons the college kids and the teenagers liked it so much yeah. was because of the campy style, yeah. because of, of saying one thing but having a, kind of a second meaning, and some of the very suggestive things we said, <laughs> and you know the different levels of things.
0: There's some oh innuendos in there.
2: Lots of oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you think you could do that show today?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll, let me just tell you how what how powerful our show was. Yeah. It has actually affected the entire movie industry. And and even though it was a television show, let me tell you how what happened is on our show. OK, this was the first time in television history where the people, the actors were not just like um, doing their thing and the people at home kind of just watching them like. You're in a movie theater watching where you're not really a part of it. Yeah. We, we used to, like I said earlier, we put on our tights to put on the world. We reached through those television screens by the what we did to reach kids and their parents and the teenagers and the college kids in a way that nobody had ever done it before. In other words, at that time, for example, if you were watching a medical show, it's like, you know, you're watching and, okay, they're trying to save someone's life. Or there's a, a police show and they're chasing after somebody that's loose or whatever. But not where you got involved. We got the audience involved by the way that we did it, the way they shot it, the the suggestive nature of there's so much that we did. And because of that, it changed things. So two things. Let me tell you the two major things that have happened because of our television show. Number one, look how many incredible superhero movies you have oh yeah movies wonder woman thor you've got like all these movies all right this and and you didn't have those before they all were spawned because of our batman tv show okay that's number one number two something much more subtle if you recall and you go watch any of our episodes at there were scenes where adam and i would have something we were in great conflict over something you know what i mean yeah and 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 yet we would have a light moment in the most difficult situation where there would be a light moment of comedy between the two of us Uh, i'll give you an example here's the scene where we're ready to fight these villains okay and 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 batman and i drop down and now the villains show themselves and i say batman there's eight of them against two of us odds in our favor you know, right? there's only eight of them, right? If there'd been more, it would have been more different, but well, there's right. only eight against the two of us. Right. And, but look at today, look at whether, look at like the movies, bad boys, yeah. where, you know, the, in the most dangerous thing they're common about. Well, I don't like the way you talk to my sister or what, I mean, some stupid thing <laughs> or in, in Thor, uh, their conversations between the lead actors. I mean, you know, there as, as some scene, you know, in the most dangerous of moments, that kind of a uh, comic relief, they call it. Yeah. You know, break in the dr- drama and it makes everybody laugh. We created that. Yeah. It was Adam and I that created that. And we were left alone, as I said earlier, to do our lines like we wanted. That's awesome. So, and, and I'll tell you something because of that, I reacted off of him, he reacted off of me. And everything sounded perfect because it wasn't orchestrated. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. If he said something a little differently, I would react to the way he said it, not just following blindly the script. That's cool. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That that's is, really cool. That is that. And, and, and other things like, like, for example, I was left alone. So we have scenes where we rush to the Batmobile or we're in the Batmobile and we get out of the Batmobile. Sometimes I wouldn't open the door. I'd jump over the door. Right. Nobody told me to do that. Okay. There were times when we we're about to have a fight, and I take my fist and I pop it into my palm of my other hand, which became a very famous thing. Right. People saw. Nobody told me to do that. It was just me doing that. <laughs> there was a, there was another scene that 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 I didn't realize that, but George Barris who built the Batmobile, and he had a crew of like three guys with him or four yeah. guys at all times to keep the car in perfect condition and keep it shining and make sure there was no damage to it, right? I mean, I didn't know this. So there's a scene where we pull up and and instead of opening the door to get out, I stand up on the door and walk along the back of the fin to the back of the car on top of those fins, right? My shoes, right? On, and I didn't realize they were having a heart attack <laughs> on the set. What like, is he doing? Oh God, we're getting ruined our paint job. <laughs> right. Okay, and they couldn't say anything because it had to be silent. All right, and and but it was that kind of stuff. Adam and I did whatever it, whatever worked, whatever we, whatever it was. And sometimes, you know, he had that very stoic nature. You know, right? He was very grand. I mean, he thought of himself like Winston Churchill. You know, like (laughs) like I mean, you can think of. And in in fact, at one time, he said to me, "said You know, I, I really, really now understand what, what, but." What Batman is like, I said. What what is this understanding you have? He says, "Well, you know, I just watched Charlton Heston in The Ten Commandments receiving the Sermon on the Mount, and I realized what Batman really is." I go, "Oh my God! Don't talk about that, please!" Oh, embarrass me to death. But that was my dear friend.
0: I feel like Adam West, who who went to high school here in Seattle, which is great. Right. Yeah. But, well, he
2: he was born in Walla Walla.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, lived on a ranch out there, and then went to right. Seattle. Then went to Seattle for high school, which is which is right. crazy. I didn't know that until I started right. looking up for getting ready for you to come on. But I feel like he was this grandiose character that was floating up in the air, and you're the guy that was like, no like, come on, man, this, you, <laughs> you got to
2: exactly. come back down well, a little bit." But, but he he could destroy another actor in a scene. You know, yeah. Let me tell you, so because he had a, a very stilted way of doing his lines. And for it, as an example, he could say, yes, Robin, let's go. I mean, you know, <laughs> like, and you're like, and I'm supposed to be ready to say, okay, Batman, but I, you know, if the timing, he, he's making a, a, a very unusual timing to, to try to come in at the right moment. Do you, you understand? Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it, and then oh my gosh, he, he played games like you wouldn't believe. We'd be doing a two shot and he turned to the camera and just walk right up into the camera and fill his face in the entire camera. And they say, <laughs> Cut, cut, you can't do that, Adam. This is a two shot. Oh, but I had to do it. well, why why did you have to do? It? Well, because I felt the moment I had to do. So no, Adam, <laughs> you just stay back there. This needs to be a two shot of you and Bert together. Doing your lines, you know. Yeah. I mean, he would do things like that, and uh, and that was just his nature, you know. That was just that was just Adam being Adam, oh. and, and but a fun, uh, hilariously fun guy. Sometimes on the weekend, we'd even get together and go play tennis and stuff. Oh, that's nice. I mean, we we were really good friends, you know. There's there was a lot of love between us, you know. There's a you know we great respect for our families and stuff like it. Just. You know, I, and and really, uh, I learned a lot from working with him, you know, but he was he had a very mischievous character. I mean, his nature, his own real nature was very mischievous when we were doing a a series for film. Well, there was a scene there was a uh, we did a Batman for a TV uh, production company called Filmation. They had a character called Batmite and that was uh, in this cartoon series we did and we did the voices okay and it was uh, it was animated it was kind of like what Hanna-Barbera would do but this was a company called film nation it was very prominent and i remember the president of the company one time after a recording session you know we got talking and he said you know let me tell you something about your friend adam i said yeah he said this is the only actor that i've ever worked with in my entire career every single thing he says has a sexual connotation. <laughs> it's true. It's tr- he incredibly suggestive by the things he's Right. And, and and oh my god, he can in 2 minutes he can embarrass anybody. Just oh, I mean Well, well he, he was a big guy. Big, oh, he huge. had a smooth
0: voice. And, he had a handsome face. I'm sure oh, the girls just smooth. bent over
3: backwards oh, for him.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, like, for example, we were signing, we used to sign autographs all together and go out and, you know, we paid a lot of money to sign autographs. And I, we'd sit next to each other and, you know, they'd get a photo and I'd sign it and then hand it to him and he'd sign it, you know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. So, you know, you'd have some young ladies come up, uh, they're, you know, very pretty young ladies, and, and he would say, he said, oh, he says, I have a terrible itch. Could you scratch my ear? And in and, fact, and he did dip his head down with a cowl and they didn't know what to do so they kind of like would scratch his ear you know they go oh that feels so much better he says you know and just looking at you i'm beginning to feel strange stirrings in my utility belt (laughs) oh Oh. my god (laughs) oh yes and yes and you're just like oh no, no. <laughs> and nobody could answer. I mean, they were people were tongue tied. These oh my god, they didn't know what to say. Oh my <laughs> god, you know, and and he, but he was so unpredictable. You never knew what. He, and the only one that was more unpredictable than him was Julie Newmar. Oh really, Julie Newmar? Oh, let me tell you something, Julie Newmar. She could come out with these things that, and and she could look at you and. She'd just start to think, and you you say, where is that mind? Where, Where <laughs> is she going? Oh, I don't know where. I'm not sure I like where that mind is going. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, she'd say some really stuff things, especially at my appearances. Some off the wall? I would be, yeah, you know, um, uh, out there, you know, signing autographs, and then we'd have a, a what they call a panel. Yeah. That's where, you know, you, you uh, get a whole bunch of people together, and depending yep. on the uh, size of the location. And we'd sometimes have more than a thousand people in a big, like, auditorium that we would get up on the stage. Adam and I and Julie, we'd all sit behind a table and there'd be questions and answers and stuff like that. But she could come out with some real zingers. And even <laughs> Adam was a little afraid of her because she's just big things you just think are so bizarre it's like how could a human mind even think those kinds of things you yeah,
3: know yeah
0: yeah bert we've been on for almost 90 minutes can you oh, believe it and
2: it's only taken me three breaths
0: yeah no you're great i <laughs> i love talking with you i would be honored to, to get you to come back on again and sure because well, i'd well, love I'd to find it. out what you know to talk about your favorite episode uh which i don't know what that is i would imagine that you have one and no, i don't.
2: I don't because in every single episode you're working with amazing stars. You're doing incredibly dangerous things. Yeah, it's awesome. To it at the end of the day you go home in your car and not in an ambulance. I mean, you know, there's like there was so much going on with, and then life outside of the show. It uh, it was very complex, very fast paced life. Well, I did want to mention one more time for any of the listeners. That, you know, if you have a dog and you'd like to have a chance for your dog to live as long as our dogs are living, which is up to 27 and a half years, that years, you pick up a bag of our Gentle Giants dog food. It's our charity. We don't take any money from it. But our food is completely different than every other dog food. And it's designed for longevity. And and this month, for, for the month now of coming into May, we just did it in April. and It was such a big hit. We're going to continue it for one more month. If you get a chance, you go into a a Target store, pick up a large bag of General Giants, and you can send me. It's got all the information just uh, on our bag. Just email me a copy of that receipt, and I'll send you a brand-new, beautiful, from my private collection, 8x10, glossy on metallic paper, suitable for framing. And it's a a great way to graph And it's it's from my – nobody else has this photo – where to be purchased
1: well there you go i see yeah i just ordered a bag off your website by the way for my dog i just got a new puppy
2: <laughs> very good
1: yep just ordered it oh i ordered it about at the beginning of the interview i ordered a, ordered a, a large bag for my puppy and uh, i'm excited to get it in because we just got a puppy last week so
2: oh wow well now remember when you're changing foods and your listeners should do that as well you always want to transition from one food to another slowly over yep. a one-week sure. period by mixing the two foods together and with our food, because it's so dramatically different and that's how we have dogs living so long, but because we don't have all that fat in the food, but the way you do it is uh, uh, you on day one and you mix them together. 80% is the old food and 20% is general giants day two, 70, 30, meaning 70% of the old food, 30% general giants, day three, 60, 40, day four, 50, 50. So at the end of a week, you're to 100% of Gentle Giants with no diet. And because our food is so, it's so pure nutrition with that. It's so it's 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 much less dense. It's it's a lighter food. And it's so healthy for dogs. For That's puppies, awesome. In fact, we, this, we, we start puppies at three and a half weeks on our food. And the same food that we feed to three and a half week old puppies, we feed to our 25, 26 and 27 year old seniors.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. I'm excited to get the food and, and uh, interested to my puppy, and he needs the best food. So,
2: There you go. And, uh, you, you, and if you get a chance, on our website at gentlegiantsdogfood.com, we have this menu at the top of every page. And one of the menu items I really suggest your listeners to read, which is our special feeding and care program. This details... How we have dogs living up to 27 and a half years, what we do, how we feed them differently, how we care for them differently, and it's something that we do every single day with the more than 50 dogs that we have here. Okay, and that is why right now, more than half of the dogs here in my home right now have already lived more than twice their normal lifespan. Oh, I love that it! It's so consistency. cool, consistency. Yep,
0: I love it. You heard it here first. Go out, go to www.gentlegiantsdogfood.com. Order that large bag. Look When the bag gets to your house, look at the bag. It's going to give you instructions. Keep your receipt to get that, that autographed picture from Bert. And right.
2: but you got to buy it from Target. Yep, you got to buy it from Target. Different. Right. Exactly. Or Target.com.
0: And we'll put those on the show notes for this episode Great. and everything. Bert, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time.
2: Well, thank you, citizen. As we said on Batman, to the Batmobile. <laughs>
1: So that was cool, man. I actually talked a little bit on this one. And I didn't expect You to. did a little bit. I mean, you got more yeah.
0: than t- you got about the twenty word limit in there. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, I was just listening and there was actually a point where I was like, Man, I have so much more I want to say to this, but I just the, the conversation was going so well, I didn't interrupt. But you know, I did the I did go order a um a, a bag of dog food uh from him. So for did one I. For, for one of two reasons. One, because I just got a puppy as as you know, and I so wanted to- I and so did you. Yeah. So I'm actually going to get the food and it's a huge bag. So I'm pretty sure our dogs can share the first bag. <laughs> no, I got, I'm gonna get
0: my, we got, we got our own. So it's oh, you good?
1: It's good. So we get, both got one and yeah. uh, just the, the fact that it come, you know, I can get an autographed photo of Bert Ward with it is amazing. So that'll go right there on my wall. Yep.
0: Yep. It's totally exciting. Uh, Bert was a wonderful man. You wonderful guy to talk to. I can't wait to hopefully we can convince him to come on again. I don't know why he would. Because we're awesome. <laughs> no, but seriously, hopefully we can convince him to come on again because he was just a pleasure to talk to. He has so many stories. I was laughing. Uh, I was asking simple questions and then just letting him take off.
1: Yeah. He, he is, like I said in the beginning, man, he came to talk. He told some great, amazing stories. And uh, I feel like I could, just, I could just listen to his stories all day. It was it was a lot of fun.
0: He's got a great voice. You can he just does. sit and listen to him talk and The fact that he did all this stuff. And there's more, there's a lot of layers to that man than just Robin.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: You know, and that's one of the great things about talking with him that you start to realize, wow, this guy, there's so much more. And if you go and do some research on him, the fact that he was heavily into martial arts early on, you know, and the fact he was so good at martial arts that the International Karate and Kickboxing Association inducted him into their Hall of Fame. Yeah. So he's impressive. not a slouch and the no. stuff that he did on that show, he could really do, you know, he was legit athlete.
1: Yeah. He was, he was, you know, top notch. And, and uh, honestly, as I was texting you while, watch, while doing this interview, it makes me just want to go watch the show. And yeah, I, I want to go watch some of those doubled episodes again. Kind of
0: gives you a new appreciation of that show.
1: It really does. It really does. Cause you know, as you know, it just, it's a show that's been on forever. So I go, I've watched it before, but now, after talking to them, I, I had to If I wanted to just go see it again and you know, everything else. And I want to sit, actually I kind of wanted to sit and research Bert Ward now and find out more. So,
0: yeah. And what'd you guys think of that Epic bumper at the beginning of the show? Dude, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> How lucky was that? Yeah. All right, yeah. guys, that's a show of all shows.
1: That is a show. And, and Bert, thank you so much for coming on and talking yes. about your dog rescue. It's amazing. It's super awesome. You do all that. And, uh, everything with the dog food. I, I, I'm excited to try this dog food on my puppy.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. If you love that interview, you want to hear more, maybe from somebody like Robert Wool, who is an amazing actor in his own right, who was in a Batman movie. Yeah, he was. Played Arliss on HBO's Arliss. Uh, the guy has done a lot. You want to find out about him. You want to find out about, I don't know, Ben Temple Smith who was a co-creator of 30 days of night, which was a huge hit movie back in what, 2007?
1: Uh, something like that. Yeah. oh seven, oh eight, seven eight somewhere there. in there.
0: Yeah. Or you want to listen to, maybe you want to listen to Richard Cadry. One of my favorite
1: authors who I always
0: talk about
1: doing the books, Sandman slim. Yeah. Or you want to hear us talk with Mark Rolston from Shawshank Redemption and aliens, you know, and yeah. hear him talk about, you know, just the, the back in the mind behind an actor of, of what he does or, or you want to hear us talk to Emily Swallow and talk about The Mandalorian, talk about Supernatural, it's it's there. Or Osric Chow and talk about all that he does and more Supernatural because we've had several people from Supernatural on the show. who
0: was also on Crisis of Infinite Earth. Yeah, with Bert alongside Ward. Alongside with Burt Ward. So yeah. it just goes on and on. There's lots of stuff there at spoilerverse.com. Uh, there's over 300 episodes just for Spoiler Country itself. There's 13 other podcasts or 12 other podcasts. There is well over... There's hundreds of hours of content, nothing behind a paywall.
1: Nothing behind a paywall, nope. You can go hear all, of our, all 330 or 40 or however many episodes we have now up there. You can hear hundreds of episodes from other shows up there. I think we have a grand total of like 13 or 14. I can't even count right now, the number of shows up there. We have articles, we have we have reviews. We have. I mean, it's just so much. If you need to go there, displayverse.com, check it out, subscribe to all the shows, download all the episodes and leave all the reviews and comments.
0: There you guys go. Go visit gentlegiantsdogfood.com and if you got puppies, you got dogs, it's a great place to start ordering your food. In our oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind and read
1: more.